Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, the Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Mercedes, and I'm very pleased to have Mario and Ryan. Welcome to the Exploring Art Podcast. The case study we'll be discussing today is on Sir Joshua Reynolds' fourth discourse in, on art, where he insisted that we can find realistic art meaningful even when we know it's not accurate. He said of Raphael's painting, in all of the pictures in which Raphael has represented the apostles, he has drawn them with great nobleness. He has given them as much dignity as the human figures capable of receiving. Yet we are expressively told in scripture that they have no such respectful appearance. And of St. Paul in particular, we are told by himself that his bodily presence was made. Are Raphael's depictions of the apostles, and particularly of St. Paul, true, false, informative, misleading? When Reynolds said that inaccurate, realistic, actually meaningful, what can he possibly have had in mind? All right, so we're going to start off with Sir Joshua Reynolds and who he is as an individual. Uh, Sir Joshua Reynolds was born in the 18th century, um, and he starts talking about the Renaissance, and he speaks on uh, the different aspects of images that were produced during the Renaissance era. Wasn't he the... um first director of the British Art Museum. I, I might be getting that wrong, but the British Art Institute, I, I think. I know that he was elected first president of the Royal Academy, which is separate from the Art Institute, but that's still, you know, prestigious. I, I, think, that's what, I think that's what I was thinking of. Oh, probably. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, he, I believe the same thing. Um, He definitely speaks to different images and artwork that were made during the Renaissance. And touching back on what he spoke about with Raphael, I know in the discourse um, by... Uh, the study that they did and his topic of discussion on Raphael, he stated that he depicted St. Paul and he, and his bodily presence was mean. And what they're talking about with that is that the image is portraying that it, it's not, it's not up to the standard according to what they said. Um, other individuals are also saying that not only was St. Paul not being depicted properly, but other apostles as well. I agree with that. I think even, not even on the depiction level of like the symbol, sorry, the symbolism of it, but more just like the physical appearance. He probably portrayed them more as like what he knows than 
a historical accurate sense because you know in, in his tapestries they look I guess like European or you know not really Middle Eastern so that's also an interesting note that I don't know how much exposure in his time he had to other countries but I think by that time you know people were sailing and getting around he probably had the means like to pick them correctly but it's also really common with religious art for people to portray them like as they are because it's like you know what's familiar to them yeah um again he I think it you know it's I think it's true that he depicted the apostles very well. Uh, I, I disagree with what Reynolds said that it's inaccurate. Um, I think it is pretty realistic. I, again, when he created these images, it was during the 1500s. And at that point, he, he made something based on biblical writings and portraying what he saw as the apostles and what those individuals mm -hmm. looked like. And what I thought was quite interesting was when Raphael made these in the 1500s, he actually made them between 1515 and 1519. And he created a total of 12 of these, uh, but only yeah. 10 of the, 10 of the tapestries were actually representing the apostles, which I thought was pretty unique. Another aspect that really kind of interested me about it, um, and according to the website that I found it on, which was Nation and State, uh, they go in more depth and talk about how Ralph passed at 37 years old suddenly, and he was only able to witness that seven of them were completed in their entirety, which I thought that was kind of unique because he made these artworks that you know were all done by him from my understanding and when they were finally finished he sent them out and had um he had them done to where it would kind of reach the bottom of the Sistine Chapel uh in certain areas they were put out so that way they would represent certain aspects of that time. Um, for instance, they talk about, you know, they would be put out during Holy Mass or um, Stephen's Day, certain times of the year. And the fact that after he sent them out and had them, you know, put together that he passed away, that was, that was pretty sad because he didn't really get to sit and, really take it in his work and his pride and that really stood out to me that's true and even though he didn't live that long of a life he still did so much it can probably also be attributed to the fact that he started when he was so young since his father was and his father was also a painter so he had like his studio or whatever the equivalent would have been in his day but that exposure to it from so young probably, you know, got him a head start. Like, if someone starts dancing when they're super young, then they're really good by the time they're 15. Same with him. So, doing these tapestries, 
and like you know the art before them right maybe it was not like as big of a challenge and maybe that's also why you could just like pump them out both of them i want to touch back on what you said uh mercedes about him growing up around his dad being a painter i think that really helped him out growing up and making him a better artist than what he may have been later on in life and i think it's pretty interesting that he made these pieces of work that have pretty much stood the test of time he made these Mm -hmm. in 1515 and uh just as the article stated 500 years later he they were they were put out and that's pretty unique because usually over time things get lost whether it's you know the deterioration of art or uh whether they're destroyed due to natural disasters or war it's pretty interesting how these pieces of art that he made well over 500 years ago now were pretty much able to stand the test of time mm-hmm. well they would have been pretty significant like they were con- commissioned by a pope at that period of time and they would have been they would have been hung in one of the biggest holy sites for europe so they yeah that's true and the commission from the pope was a big deal and that also sprouted a sort of rivalry because up until that point you know it was more like experienced painters like michelangelo and he was you know a very pristine painter because of his work and then we have uh, a kind of young Raphael, who's also getting recognized by the Pope, you know, kind of going head to head. Because being a painter, even today, it's not like a very well-paying job. I, maybe sometimes, I don't know. But back then, it really wasn't, you know? Like, carpenter, yes, but painter, no. So there was no, like, alliances or, you know, artists helping artists out because it was like every man for his own. So it was mostly commission. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, you're good. But it was, that, it, yeah, exactly. With commissions. So, you know, if Michelangelo wanted it, but then maybe Raphael got it, that's yeah, pretty heavy. You know, again, you both talked about how they were both recognized, Michelangelo and Raphael, um, in the Sistine Chapel and by the, the church. And that's pretty unique, too, from the standpoint that their artwork stood out from a bunch of other artists at that time period. And I think both of these artists did an outstanding job of representing the apostles. I think that it definitely depicted them as being noble and dignity, uh, having dignity, excuse me. And this, that, that was recognized by the Pope himself. And I think that pretty much tells itself that you're getting recognition from the Pope is that's a big deal. That's not, that's not somebody coming up and saying, Hey, you know, your art looks great. No, that's, that's somebody that's an icon. And even today, when 
the Pope speaks, you're not speaking to just a small group of individuals. You're speaking to a wide group of individuals. So that's pretty interesting that he gave them recognition towards their artworks and specifically Raphael's. I know that, you know, it's kind of a little off topic, but Michelangelo's, his is painted in the Sistine Chapel on the roof and on the walls and certain aspects, but Raphael's were painted on tapestries and again, they were made of cloth and woven together. And these tapestries today can be seen in a museum at the Vatican. And that's interesting because it's not something that's just put on the wall or on the roof and it's staying there. These are items and objects that are moving from place to place to place. And now finally they're in a secure location, but that's, that was something that I thought that was quite interesting and pretty cool from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about like one of the tapestries just so we can get a little example of his portrayal of the fossils. So in his cartoon, The Miraculous Drought of Fish, you can see Jesus sitting in the corner and all those apostles and maybe even other fishermen like frantic to pick up all the fish and in the boat that Jesus is in you can see it's like spilling over with fish and I think the nobleness that Sir Joshua Reynolds talked about is is seen in this cartoon because of the way that the apostles are like gesturing towards Jesus and I think in nobleness not in like the royalty sense but in you know, someone's nobility and maybe like almost the power that they have, there's also humility in there. So the way that like they're on their knees and not crediting themselves and they're like giving Jesus the credit because they know it was him that did it. Like it really shows the nobility that Sir Joshua was talking about. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it's not even just with that one painting. He does, um, he did a lot of that with other ones too. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a website called theartstory.org, which is pretty unique. They have a bunch of different images that he did on the tapestries. And one of them, it has a bunch of angels, angels. and it, I can't really tell. It looks like a centaur somewhat and a woman fighting. And I found that interesting because he's painting this woman uh, with these angels that have bow and arrows. And it looks like they're fending off either centaurs or they're fending off these individuals that are trying to attack them. And there's a woman that's holding back. I can't really make out what it is per se, but... What's unique about that is going back to the dignity and the nobleness of showing that he painted them with uh, power and giving them, you know, as a heroic individual. And I thought that was pretty cool. There, another mm-hmm. image that we can actually see that in, uh, we can go and look, scroll down if you go to that page. Um, again, this is the artstory.org. It's called the transfiguration and he this was in 1520 
Um, and it has Jesus along with, I'm, a, I'm not 100% sure, but they look like the apostles. Um, and two of them are going up to heaven next to Jesus. And you have two individuals that are looks like they're kind of laying down and the other two are going up into heaven. And I think that's interesting because it's showing that these two individuals are going toward Jesus. They're flying towards him uh, as a heroic individual. They're like as a savior. And you see the individuals at the bottom that are there. They're kind of looking up to the heavens and they kind of have their arms up. And I think that's pretty interesting, you know, and I think that, again, going back to what we spoke about earlier, how Sir Joshua mm -hmm. Reynolds, um, he said that it was inaccurate. And, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's true. I think that they it is, in fact, accurate from Raphael's standpoint that they are showing heroism. They're showing real life individuals are looking toward a hero. They're looking toward that person for inspiration. And I think that's where uh, I think that Sir Joshua was wrong. Again, maybe I'm not understanding the question, but that's, that's the way I see it. And from what I know in the Bible of the Transfiguration, I think the cartoon is pretty accurate with the three apostles at the bottom and the two, yeah. Looks good to me. I don't know what he saw unfit in it, but in my opinion, I think it's pretty good. You know, Jesus in the clouds, the people at the bottom. There's always kind of like chaos. Usually there's a crowd in one of his cartoons. The crowd is just always chaotic, and I think it's funny how it's kind of synonymous in all of his cartoons. Even the one with St. Paul preaching, you can see in the crowd, like, you know, some people are like looking at each other, yelling things with their hands up in the air. Also hmm. in the... That is, in, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut in, Mercedes. Sorry? Oh, no, it's okay. I, I think that is uh, interesting. I didn't. I really didn't notice that in that image. But now that you point that out, that is that is unique. Same thing in the miraculous strata fishes. How all the way in like the back of the cartoon, you can see little crowds of people, but you can tell that they're like like running around and that there's commotion happening. That's a pretty interesting detail he added. Hmm. That you know, if there was always a crowd, they would just go crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I, those are little things I didn't ever notice until you pointed that out in those images. There is one more image that I do want to talk about again. That this is can be found on the artstory.org. Um, it, it's a Sistine Madonna, and it was in 1512. And here you see a woman holding a child, and there's Another woman to her left, anatomical position, left if you're looking at it, and then right if you're looking at it at the picture. Um, and then there's a man on the left side, her anatomical right, and he's looking at her holding the child, and the woman's looking down at these two angels that are at the bottom of the screen, or image, excuse me, and they're looking up. And I think that's interesting because 
it's kind of like each person in that image is looking at one another. The, the two angels at the bottom are looking up at the woman with the child and the woman on the right side of the image is looking down at the angels. And then the man's looking at the woman with the child. But then if you look at the, the child and the woman, they're staring right at us at the viewer. So I think that, that to me, that screams out that it's pulling the viewer into the image and it's showing from my perspective that everybody in that image is looking at one another and they're all mm -hmm. watching each other. I really like the expression of the little cherubs at the bottom. How they like they look so unimpressed. And like that's not usually a type of expression you see in these type of paintings. Like the the woman and the guy on the left, they both look so like like he's looking at her with such reverence and the woman is looking down with like such a, even like a loving gaze and the little cherubs at the bottom look completely unbothered. So I think yeah. we Sorry. mostly disagree with Sir Joshua Reynolds' opinion, right? Would you yeah. say? Yeah, 100%. I, I disagree with everything that he said about <laughs> Raphael. I think that that's not true at all. I mean, each image reflects something different. And we talked about that in our here today. And, you know, each individual is going to look at it differently because each, each person sees a different meaning in it. But I think we all came to the consensus that, that each one represents something. And the fact that Sir Joshua said that it's not representing realistic stuff, it's inaccurate. And, you know, and that he painted them as being mean. I, I don't I don't buy that. I, I just I think that's not true. I think that he did the best he could do at that current time uh, based on what he knew. And again, uh, he had the pope at that time give him recognition. And for Sir Joshua to kind of go that route, I, I disagree. Mm -hmm, I agree. Mario, what about you? To close it off, I would have to, I would have to just say that the art can be interpreted in any way you want it. Like you said, Ryan, it just, it's just how, it's just how you see it. And I think with how they're portrayed, how the apostles are portrayed and just the overall feel of the paintings you're you're really more attract you get to be really more attracted to it and you really get to admire these figures more absolutely so, yeah all right so thank you so much for joining us today me ryan and mario and i really appreciate it and this concludes exploring art podcast Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious. <laughs>